Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's episode, I have someone that I haven't seen in a hot minute. Honestly, I have not even them or seen them since we were kids. Um, randomly bumped into them last weekend and figured it'd be a perfect time to rip one of these episodes. Uh, Chris Quitzer, how we doing, my man? How we doing, John, man? Good to hear from you, dude. It's good seeing you last weekend. And man, this is, this is exciting to have me on here. Yeah, so... Uh, it was funny because I saw you. Well, I was with Ashley, so I was with. Well, I wasn't with her, but I saw her out, and we were hanging out. And then I saw you briefly, and I couldn't. I'm like, I think that's. I'm like, I thought that was you, but I wasn't sure because now you got the long hair and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I uh, let the hair grow during uh, the 2020 pandemic, and then went blonde with it, and now that's the uh, the signature look. <laughs> <laughs> chicks like it is that what, what kept it <laughs> yeah yeah the chicks like it um the fans love it because now i got a lot of uh fans wearing these blonde wigs with like my number on their back so it's kind of it's kind of cool so it's, it's sticking man yeah so what you're uh what exactly because i wanted to get into it but we'll get into it right now with baseball and correct me if i'm wrong because i don't know shit about baseball but i feel like baseball is one of those sports where there is a million leagues like it's not like I feel like for football like for for like football basketball um sports like that there's like a pretty narrow route that you go for like most kids like in the U.S. aside from like obviously in basketball you go you can go to like China and all those other countries to play like amateur wise but like um because I know like like Dennis, obviously being my uncle coaching all that stuff, there's like Legion ball, there's travel ball, there's all these different like leagues. So like um, playing baseball, like what are like the different avenues you can go? So the avenue I went, um, I'm currently playing in the Frontier League. It's an independent uh, baseball league partnered with the MLB. So um, it, none of the teams are affiliated with any major league teams, but the mm-hmm. league is part partnered with the MLB so there's a lot of um, um, a lot of players come in and out uh, like a revolving door Uh, they send guys in our league they take guys from our league it's just another minor league system it's uh, it's good it's good baseball and um, there's 16 teams and uh, it's it's equivalent to like between high A and double A baseball okay is it it's is it like the same is it like lower level than like what like the bisons and that that minor league affiliate te- teams are yeah it, it's a little lower but it's like independent in, independent ball is weird because uh we'll have like some ex big leaguers playing in our league and um there is a lot of young good talent um but it's it's a good league man it's independent ball is it's it's a little different than minor league baseball because there's not big investments on players. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very wide open in the sense of um, teams want to win now. So they, they'll get rid of guys. They'll bring guys in. It's, it's, uh, it's like, what, what can you do for me today? Kind of thing. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What, um, how'd you get associated with them? Obviously I know you uh, played in college, but like, yeah, so I played in college, um, and I I started last year 
this was my first, last year was my first year in the frontier league, which uh, there's four big independent leagues. There's the pioneer league, the, uh, the frontier league, the American association and the Atlantic league. And um, those are the four core leagues. And I got into the frontier league and I played for the Tri-City Valley Cats last year up in Albany, uh, mm-hmm. Troy, New York. And yeah. this year, this year I'm down toward just like 45 minutes outside New York City in Pomona, New York, playing for the New York Boulders. Okay. So that's where I was this past year. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, um, so we'll, we'll rewind it. We'll take it back a little bit. So like we yeah. grew up to. We, I wouldn't say we grew up together per se, but we definitely played a lot of sports growing up together. Um, what was, what was it for you that, like, why'd you choose baseball over any other sport? Oh man, I, uh, yeah, I was a three sport athlete. I, uh, I played football, baseball, hockey. Those were my sports. Um, and something about baseball, man, I always played with the older kids growing up. Um, and even when I was in seventh grade, played JV, eighth grade, played varsity, uh, whereas like football and hockey, I always stayed at the same level, same age group mm-hmm. and baseball just kind of, uh, it just took my path. It, it was, uh, once I got into high school and I kind of developed a little bit, I, uh, started getting letters from colleges and, uh, that's when I knew baseball was my route. You ended up going to UB to play baseball. Did you did you go to UB straight from like straight from high school, or did you go to like a JUCO school to start? Like, what was your path like going from high school high school ball to college ball? So, my path, um, I was I was getting recruited pretty well my junior year, and unfortunately, I broke my ankle in a hockey game, so I lost a lot of uh, commitments, and. Uh, UB stuck with me. So after my senior year at St. Mary's, I went to Buffalo and um, that's where I went for the, the next four years. What, um, so UB you decided on ultimately, but were there, were there any other division one schools that you were getting recruited by, or even any like D2, D3 schools? Like what led you ultimately to choosing like UB, obviously besides the factor of like you, you were staying home essentially in a way. Uh, yeah. So my, my first, the first college that ever reached out to me was Niagara university. And I was pretty like, like excited. Like I was like, wow, I'm going to go to Niagara university. They really want me. They offered me 85% scholarship, um, everything. And then I started getting a bunch of other colleges. I had TCU reach out, Virginia Tech, um, University of South Florida, uh, Mercyhurst. Gannon. Shout out. Yeah, shout out Mercyhurst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have, the weird thing was I did have Buffalo reach out, but they weren't 100% sold on me for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't, I don't know why. I think because they had limited scholarships and they knew a lot of teams were reaching out with scholarships to me. Um, Canisius reached out. Um, gosh, who else, who else did? Um, those are the ones off the top of my head. Oh, Miami of Ohio was another one. That was like the one I really wanted to go to. 
why uh miami of ohio because you know it's a party school <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah it, it uh i heard there was beautiful women there <laughs> okay so the the, the yeah. easy route the easier route i got you yeah um, yeah no something before we continue down the baseball path that you mentioned that i always like i'm, I'm fascinated by just because obviously you see like you know the effects it has now but like you mentioned that ub was or I think you said it was UB that was offering you 85% scholarship. Was that UB or? You uh, say that was Niagara. School? Okay. Niagara. Niagara. Okay. That's what my bad. Um, so you mentioned that Niagara was giving you 85% scholarship when you were going through like your recruiting process of schools to pick from, obviously you're going on tours. You're trying to see like what would be the best fit for you. Was that ever a conversation that any coaches or even, I mean, I don't feel like coaches would have that conversation with you because they're trying to get you in the door regardless, but like did your parents or high school coaches or maybe an academic advisor, like did anyone ever go over like the, like the cost of college, the tuition, the, you know, student loans, anything like that. Now, the only reason I ask is because the school that I ended up going to, um, I ended up getting school paid for. So like, I don't have any student loans. So I got everything covered, but my mom really broke down to me because there was a couple schools that were recruiting me, a couple schools that offered me that I really wanted to go to. And I was even shocked that they offered me, but my mom assaulted uh, ultimately when we would be on these college visits and we would talk about things and stuff like that she was just like you know that's cool that you're getting these offers and stuff but one thing you really should keep in mind is the cost of college which when you're 18 17 18 you don't really give a fuck about that you're like oh yeah, i'm trying you to are. play ball i'm trying to party i'm trying to meet some chicks like i'm trying to you know what i mean like just live it up like you're like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be making money anyway so what's the matter i'll pay you back um, exactly and you ultimately like you don't really like factor that in because you don't have like uh, I would say a fully developed like idea of finances and like what things cost and you know what you'd ultimately want to be doing down the road and my buddy Mike that I had on the last episode he coached at North Dakota State for football and he said that one of his like mentors and stuff told him that college is ultimately a 40 year decision it's not a four year decision and one thing that i'm always fascinated by is like the way that i took it is like okay you know my mom's making a lot of sense here she's not telling me not to go to the school she's really breaking down the economics of it and like what i would have to be paying back and something that she always told me that like i talk about sometimes when i talk about this on uh, certain episodes is that, you know, say college costs 50 grand a year, right? If you don't get any money towards that after your four years, or you have like a, a student loan bill of essentially $200,000, right? And then yeah. we, we both know that over the life of that loan, you end up paying more in interest than you actually paying. So you're paying multiple six figures just for an education that you may or may not use. You might, you don't even know really who you are because you're not fully developed at that time. You move um, you might get a different job. You might like, there's so like that whole premise of it. I'm always fascinated by Cause I don't think that that is a conversation most people are having. Whereas like my mom was like, Hey, you get school covered. You're essentially graduating with an imaginary check for $200,000. Like you can go and fuck up and go experience life. Well, a lot of your friends are going to be having to work one multiple, two jobs, not being able to travel right away. Like may not be able to buy a house right away. All these things. And I took it more so of like, oh, even though I'm not going to go to that school, 
offering me, I at least know that I'm good enough to play at this level. I'm, I'm at least good enough that I can at least have a spot on the roster. And I then have the potential to work my way up to starter, second string, whatever the fuck it is. Was that yeah, exactly? Conver- was that a conversation anyone ever had with you or no? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my parents definitely. My dad, he 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 really put the financial pieces together. Um, I mean, nobody wants to be a slave of the system when you graduate college and you're in two hundred thousand dollars of debt plus the interest. Nobody wants to do that. Um, so that was, that was, that was actually a reason why I didn't go to Miami of Ohio was they actually offered me a preferred walk-on and I wanted to go there, which preferred walk-on means that you're, you're on the team, but no scholarship. And like being an outstate student, you're looking at 30,000 a year for, for that. And I mean, that's a lot of money and um, with the potential to get a scholarship, but I mean, nothing's guaranteed, you know, you, you, you just never know. But um, with the logistics, that's, that's another reason why I committed to Buffalo was the in-state tuition um, and the better opportunity I had to get a scholarship. So um, when I went to Buffalo, like I said, I, I broke my ankle in the hockey game my junior year. So everybody that offered me pulled back. Um, their scholarships. So Buffalo gave me a preferred walk on, but I think tuition for the year was eight grand for an in-state student. So Mm -hmm. um, my first two years I was paying the in-state tuition. And then my next two years um, I played well enough to get my next two years paid off. So I didn't, I didn't have to reach in the wallet for uh, the, the junior and senior year of my, my college years. That's incredible. Yeah, no, because, like, obviously you see, like, <laughs> now you see people being like, oh, fuck, forgive my student loans, when it's just like, oh, you should have been a little bit more. I don't know. I just think that, like, there should be more of a conversation around that, obviously, in terms of, like, recruiting and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't pick a college because it, it's like that. Like, you want to go, let's say you want to go to Alabama, and that's your dream college, like, you should really look into the logistics, the cost of living, um, all that stuff before you consider something. Cause I mean, if anything, you can go to a junior college for two years, one year, two years, or, um, I mean, there's a lot of, if you're from New York, there's a lot of good colleges here. Um, state colleges in New York that could be an option, um, to even leave the Buffalo area and maybe head down to the city or head to Albany or, you know, different parts of the state. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, did you, so when you get to, you get to UB, right? You're a freshman. You ultimately decide was, did you prior to getting to UB um, after height, like after you committed and everything, did you start, like, what was like that onboarding process? Like, did you do like any, like f- um, before you even got there in the fall, did you do stuff over the summer, like the summer after you graduated or was it more so of like, you really didn't do anything until like a couple weeks prior to the fall, fall schedule starting. Yeah. I got, I got a, I got a couple stories. So what I did that summer was I played Legion ball with Depew and then mm-hmm. I played, um, triple ABA with Royal printing and mm-hmm. played, played, just played local around here. I guess now they, they let, um, 
in these summer collegiate baseball leagues, they let seniors going into their freshman year play. But um, this this is where it gets funny. So when I when I show up to UB, I meet the guys. I'm like, oh my god, these guys are huge. They're 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 huge. They're old man. Like they got these big muscles. I'm like, damn. And and I I worked out in high school, but I wasn't like my body was not developed like these guys. And I remember the first week we were in the weight room and we just did like a squat day and dude, I, I start squatting and we, we did like a bunch of like West side barbell stuff. So we're squatting on boxes. And all I remember is I'm squatting. I get the two plates and I get it up, but man, I'm struggling lifting this thing up. And these guys in the weight room, they're all just like smashing two plates, two twenty five, And I barely get this up, man. And I'm like, like, do I even belong here? Like, I can't even get 225 up on a squat. Like, these, these guys are putting freaking 450 up with chains and bands. And I'm sitting here like this little dweeb nerd freshman. And I can't even get two plates up. Um, and and that, that, that day stuck with me for the rest of my four years that I really need to put in the work to uh, – get to where I'm at or where I wanted to be. Yeah. What's wild about you saying that is I had a similar experience, except for mine wasn't necessarily in the weight room, but it wasn't like, because it wasn't, I, I didn't look at it more so of, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't the strongest per se um, that that was going to affect playing, playing time necessarily. It was just more so of like, for me, it was like when we had a, uh, our, our first couple uh, scrimmages with the team, first couple practices and stuff like that. It was like, like even kids that like, like there's no one out here that sucks. Like, whereas like when you're playing, when you're playing, I don't know, probably similar with you as it was me. Like when you're playing travel, when you're playing travel ball um, and stuff like that, there's kids that are on teams that are like, they're decent, but like they're, they're, they're all not playing at the same level, if that makes sense. And yeah. Then, yeah. And, and then when you really like the speed of the game, the detail of the game, how like I was just saying this to my mom the other day when we were watching football, I was like, when you watch it on TV, it like it, it like it seems like, oh, I could do that. Or like, I, I, you know, it's not that impressive, obviously. But then when you really are like up close and personal or you're actually doing it, like the detail to how fast the game is and how like how high the IQ level in the game as a whole is being played at. That's not something that. I personally, you probably feel the same way that I think like a lot of coaches go in the detail with, with kids. Cause I feel like a lot of coaches, or at least around here, maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of coaches, they're so like gung ho on like having a kid that's going to a program that they really don't like break it down to be like, yo, this is what you're going to be going up a single day. These are the type of kids you're going up against kids that we're all Americans and we're the best on their team and stuff like that. And like, I had that knock on my confidence. I was like, yo, <laughs> maybe D one yeah. lags isn't for me. Maybe, maybe I should be playing D two, D three, something like that. But like, you fail to realize that like a coach isn't going to recruit you there if they don't think you, you, you belong there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest, the biggest adjustment adjustment um, is a freshman going to play division one and showing up and just seeing these older athletes like more developed and it, it, it gives you, it kind of frightens you a little bit. Cause you're like, man, like, am I ever going to get this strong? Like these guys, these guys are big. And, and um, like 
that's where in the weight room it was such a difference like that it it was cool at UB because they would put all the freshmen together so we'd work out and challenge each other um and then on the field it was weird because on the field I felt fine like I felt like I was good enough to be out there and start um the only difference was like the pitching obviously you go up in a level and I'm seeing breaking balls and the way these guys are pitching me I'm like wow this is like facing like top top pitcher that you barely see in travel ball or in high school and you're seeing this every day and um that was one of the biggest adjustments was just getting used to the pitching and uh and the tempo of the game because I mean getting a ground ball at third and this guy's hustling down first you don't have time whereas in high school man like you can get away with throwing a ball like all arm versus just getting rid of it quick you know mm-hmm. now you said that it made you realize that you really got to put in the work and shit like that. Do you think, um, I, I, me personally, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I personally think that like sport is the best indicator of what the, I don't even actually, it's not the right word. I think that playing sports at a high level, if you're fortunate to, is the best indicator to what the real world is going to be like. Cause I feel like college is a massive bubble, but like, going to college itself and going to the classes, yeah, it's a little bit harder per se or a little bit more work than like a high school workload is. But I feel like with a physical sport, um, there's no way like escaping. It's either like you put in the work and you sacrifice other things so that you can get better. Otherwise, like you're just never gonna, like never gonna get past that like adversity hump. And I feel like when you graduate and like you hit the real world, like college kind of preps you up to think that like, okay, you got a degree, you're about to hit the, you're about to hit the real world and like, you're going to hit the ground running. And it's a massive, like a massive, like reality check. Do you think that like sports, do you think that sports is the best way to like, you could draw a lot from like what you had to go through and endure during sports to like that you can lean back on to make you and help you succeed in the real world? Yeah. hundred percent, man. Um, I mean, you know it, like, especially playing in college, dude, you can't be late to the weight room. You can't be late to a practice. Like, so um, time management was like one, like, big thing that it's really helped me with is, uh, like, I get up every day at eight o'clock. And that, I mean, I I will never show, show up late to a meeting or like an interview or anything like that, strictly because of sports. Um, and it, it gets you ready, man. Like, I mean, you start to develop things that carry on into the real world, like from playing sports, um, whether like engaging with other people, um, like I said, time management and just being like a, a, a good person, you know? Without a doubt. What were some of the things, like, aside from what we were talking about already, that kind of caught you off guard about playing at the next level, that only if you play at that next level and you get that hands-on experience, you'd be able to understand yeah. if there's anything? I, start, I, started, I started blabbing right there because I, like, lost my train of thought. I was I was watching the uh, the kicker from KC just missed that field goal. <laughs> What's the score, by the way? Uh, 7 nothing Raiders. Oh, okay. I thought the Raiders yeah. were going to get blown out, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um. Could you just rewind that question? I know it was kind of long, but you can like shorten it up a little bit. 
No, so I was pretty much just asking. I'm going to leave this in here too, by the way. But I was just pretty much asking, yeah. you know, what were some things that caught you by surprise that only a person that experiences the same thing you experience, or at least experiences playing ball at that next level, would be able to like understand that other people from an outside may not be able to see. Um. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um. So I guess I guess like. A big one is like right now when I'm playing, I'm at the field from like two o'clock until the end of the game, plus like an hour after the game when I hang out with the guys. So I guess like one thing is how much work I'm putting into baseball um, on the side or like behind the scenes that people don't see. Like I remember, bro, I remember like last year, I uh, I was like Kurt Warner, bro. I'm work I'm working at a liquor store, stocking shelves and you know, like just grinding at a liquor store. And I would come home after a shift at nine o'clock. I'd be so tired from carrying like boxes and stuff. I'm like, damn, dude, like my legs hurt. Like, dude, all this all this shit you don't want to do. Um, and I'd get home and I'm like, man, I could just fall asleep right now and wake up tomorrow and I'll just hit throw workout tomorrow but instead bro i would i would come home eat some food take like a 20 25 minute nap and then get up like just this would this would be at like 9 45 like 10 o'clock at night i would get back up and go in my garage and throw balls into my my net hit into my net get a little workout in and then at 12 o'clock um by midnight i'd be done and heading the bed. And I mean, usually nothing against normal people. Um, after like a shift at work, especially a late one, a lot of people eat dinner, go to bed, man. And, and behind the scenes, I was, I was grinding in my garage, dude, 30 degrees. I'm freezing, throwing baseballs into a net, uh, trying not to be too loud. Cause I don't want to wake my parents up. So just, just little things like that. It was, it was kind of funny. What about the workload um, with school? Because I always hear um, when I was in college, I always heard the argument from people would be like um, basically about like being a full time student versus not being a full time student. And then like how some people obviously probably people just being haters, but some people are like, you yeah. know, student athletes get a lot of privileges. You guys get this. You guys get that. But, like, they fail to realize, like, obviously being a full-time student and carrying a certain GPA, that's a full-time in a job in and of itself. But then playing um, at the D1 level like you did, there's so many extra things aside. Like, you have, you have like, lift and conditioning, which are probably an hour and a half to two hours worth of your time. And then yep. you, have te- you have team meetings. You have film. You have uh, positional practices. And then on top of it, if you are a freshman or you don't have good grades, like you got to be in team study hall and then you got to find a way to have a social life and get all your work done too. Bro, study hall was the worst. The mandatory hours you had to put in, I forget what we had to do, but I remember like the last thing I wanted to do after our practice was go to study hall and put in hours because they, they were strict too. They wouldn't let you sleep. Um, you had to be working. And I mean, if they saw you sleeping, they would just like take away an hour of your study hall. So like it, it was a grind, man. And then I like baseball, people don't realize 
like baseball is tough because we would play like one midweek game or two midweek games. Then we would leave on a Thursday to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then come back after Sunday. In some pl- some cases, like arrive like early Monday morning. So, um, like I had a tough time with my Tuesday, Thursday classes because Tuesday, if we had a midweek against Canisius, we would leave UB at like 11 30, 12, head over to Canisius, do our warm ups. And if I had a class at noon, like I was missing it on Tuesday. And then if we traveled on Thursday, I was missing it on Thursday. So it was, it was tough to communicate with professors um, when you're not even able to attend in the class. And then on top of uh, trying to do homework on the road, that's, that's so tough too, man. Like when you play a game, I, I know like you after a game, bro, there's, you don't, last thing you want to do is homework, man. You want to, you want to decompress and chill and hang out with the guys. <laughs> Dude, if it like, wasn't for if it wasn't for playing sports <laughs> in college, if it was not for playing sports in college, or well, not sports, uh, but just playing a sport, my bad, I would have dropped out. Fuck that shit. Oh, bro, I'm telling you, man. Like, th- there was times, dude. Like, like I was just like, man, this is tough. Like, I was tired. You're 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 trying to also like play at the like you're trying to play against. Georgia on a Friday night and you just freaking drove or we flew down to Georgia and played them and um you're dead exhausted man like from the week from the school week staying up late like you're averaging like four four or five hours of sleep if that yeah I heard I was listening to a different podcast and I heard someone talk I forget the guy's name I forget who it was but it was a rookie and uh they were talking about the NBA and he was saying how he thought like college was same thing. We've been saying about college, like college, like the workload, all that. But he was saying that when you get to the NBA, I guarantee you it's identical to any other sport, NHL, MLB, NFL, like whatever. Cause it's like the, the top, like it's like the college all-stars are the pros. Right. So, yeah. um, and not every team has pro players. They have, they have pro prospects. I'm going to have a pro player. But they were basically this kid was saying how it was like the biggest wake up call for him, even though he already had it in the back of his mind that he knew because he's like, all right, play Tuesday, Thursday, then you might play Friday, Saturday and Sunday, hypothetically. Right. So let's just say the only day you're not playing is say maybe Monday or Wednesday when you're on like a road trip. He's like, if he goes, you're going out, say you're going out West. Right. And he's like, maybe on Tuesday, you're playing Luca and the Mavs. Then on, on Thursday, you go to the play the Suns against Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Then on Friday, you're going to the play the the Clippers, and you're playing against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And then he said the next night, you're playing against LeBron and AD. Then the following yeah. night, you're playing the Warriors and playing against Steph, Draymond, and Clay. He was just like, you don't like, there's no like, you don't get any off nights. And obviously, I know like you probably felt the same way, like you said, like you're just trying to get your homework done and shit like that. But then it's like, oh, we're playing Georgia. Turn around, you got to go play Texas or someone. Like I don't know who UB's schedule was, but like I just think that like all of those, 
um, are not like factored in when you're talking about playing at the next level. Cause like, you just have that like shiny object syndrome of you. Like you look at the schedule and you see, like, obviously I don't know your schedule, so I'm just making this up, but you see like, Oh, we play you, we play Georgia, we play Texas, we play LSU. And you're just like, I want to play those schools. So I'm committing here and not really thinking like, yo, do you, like it's a, it's a full-time job, Like you got to commit yourself to it. And then it's just like, like you said, like, you're not, you're something like you're not going to be able to juggle everything like something's going to slip in some way shape or form yeah definitely and and i remember i had to pull like i had to, I had to like email a few professors like hey like the internet and the hotel's not working like dude i had to i had to pull some like some quick ones because dude there was no shot i was getting that paper done by uh midnight on friday like no shot dude um like after a long day of traveling, we're on the bus, so there's no Wi-Fi on the bus. Um, and and dude, like, like honestly, like from playing pro right now, compared to college, professional is way easier because I'm not stressing about homework or like anything crazy. Like that's that's like I just get to focus on the like the day I'm I'm playing. Like today, like if I'm playing today. I get to play the game. And then tomorrow I get to play another game. There's no like, man, I got to get this homework done or like, like what time are we leaving tomorrow? So I know like when I got to do this, do that. It's like college is tough, man. It's, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of guys that I went into college with um, guys who, who came to Buffalo left Buffalo because they just couldn't do it, man. It's, it's a grind. Without, without a doubt, it's a grind. The other thing I was talking about with my buddy too the one day is I was just like, especially it wasn't mentally defeating for me. The only thing that like was a little mentally defeating that like I ultimately had to learn was like finding, finding like where I fit in. Um, so like in high school, like I'll just like, I never really like watched you play or knew what your game was, but I'm just going to like maybe up just to give the scenario to go off of. But I feel like with, especially in Buffalo, I feel like if kids that play a sport in Buffalo and they go to a D1 program, it's kind of like a, um, you, because like high schools around here aren't like how they are like down like South and like for like say football or like baseball. Right. So like, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like if you're playing, if you're going and playing at UB, which is a D1 program, from playing at the pew you obviously can field you can hit you can do you could pretty you're like a swiss army knife for the right but then when you get to that next level and you're playing at ub you're it's no longer chris quitzer who could fucking do a b c d e it's this is what you're best at that's your role on the team now yeah yeah that um that was a that was kind of a thing too because i remember going in in into buffalo um I, so I don't know if you know, I actually, I, like I went to Depew and I actually transferred to St. Mary's my senior year um, to play baseball oh, yeah, there. That, that, that's right. Yeah. You did. So, you did do so, that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was able, I was eligible to play there for my senior year and I, I played, man. Um, but I, I think like going from St. Mary's to UB prepared me pretty well. Um I don't know how Depew would have my senior year because I didn't graduate there, but St. Mary's did um, a decent job, like getting us ready and, and like recognizing college. Um, mm-hmm. But back to back to like my roles. Um, 
yeah, like I showed up, man, and I'm like, like, I, I, I remember I was hitting, and I'm like, dude, like, these guys are putting the ball over the fence like nothing, and I actually have to get into one to hit it over this fence. Um, so I kind of I had to not like revamp my game, but I had to stay within myself as a hitter and not try to do too much as a freshman because doing too much would have been worse um, for me. I, I think mm-hmm. if I went up there trying to hit home runs, it would have been a hard, I would have had a harder time than just taking my singles, my walks um, and just doing it that way. What was like that aha moment where like you felt like, I don't want to say you felt like you fit in, but like you really were like, all right, I found my groove. Like this is going to be my role for this year and I'm going to have to improve on these other things in the off season. But for right now, this is what's going to get me on the field. Um, so this is a funny story. So I had a roommate my freshman year. I lived on a uh, off campus house and my roommate, we were, we were just playing pool in the living room and just bullshit and like drinking a few beers, like just having a, a chill time. And we were just chopping it up. And I don't know what the, I don't know how the conversation came up on my roommate. We were talking about hitting and stuff. And he goes, you'll never hit a home run off of me. And I like, like was like, okay, man, like bring it on. And no joke, bro. The next day we had an inner squad scrimmage and I hit a home run off this dude. And everybody on the team knew the whole story because uh, my other two roommates, one was a senior and one was, or they were, they were two seniors too. And they were down there and they, they heard that. And everybody on the team heard the whole story. And when I hit it, man, everybody lost it. They, I got respect from that. And that's when I knew right there, I fit in with the team and that I could play at the division one level. Um, so that was kind of my, that was my fall, like, like uh woohoo moment. And then in the spring when we were actually playing, um, we were playing Ohio university at OU in Athens and we had somebody get hurt. And I remember they called my number. I went in and my first at bat, um, I went up there and dude smashed a home run the right field and every it it actually got the whole team going everything i think we won that game um but it was just me like i always prepared myself to be ready at any moment and um i got my chance and i ended up going two for three that day with a home run and um as a freshman that was that was something special man i always that's one of those moments you always just remember and when I did that, dude, I knew I could play at that level. And and my, my role that whole year was uh, like a fourth outfielder, fifth infielder. Someone goes down, like quits, you're in. And I knew my role. It was, it was like a backup quarterback, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. It's funny to me, too, how like you – like coaches know you could play at that level, but like you don't necessarily believe it for yourself until like something happens that you kind of surprise yourself by, where you're just like, oh, fuck, I just did that. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and – um, I think that was Ohio's Sunday guy. So he was a decent pitcher, but I mean, you, you see guys like, oh, this guy might get drafted. This guy might get drafted. This guy was an All-American. Like, yeah, when I rolled in my freshman year, we had two All-Americans. We had our shortstop slash pitcher uh, Sunday guy, and then our first baseman was an All-American. And I didn't even know what an All-American was until, like, my freshman year. Like, I had no idea – 
any of that because it's not like the sports up north are not like the sports down south. Um, what do you mean? Like, I think down south, there's more recruiting, there's more hype, um, and there's more talent in the sense of I think high school players down south are a little more developed than high schoolers up north, um, especially for baseball because, I mean, gosh, we're playing 16 games every high school season. You go down to Tampa, you go to Texas, man, like these kids are having like a 40-game high school season, and we're getting 15 games up north because we're starting in April and it's still snowing. <laughs> yeah, no, so, do you – did you ever like looking back, like looking back, did you ever like, have you ever had the thought of like, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but like looking back, were you ever like, maybe I should have um, kind of moved or like tr- gone to like a private school or something like that? Obviously it's up to your parents ultimately, but actually let me rephrase that. Say you have a kid, right? So you have a son. And yeah. your kid is like, dad, I want to, I want to play pro ball. Like I want to go to, I don't know, LSU or Texas. Like, so I'm just throwing names out there. Right. Would you, if you could afford to, would you be like, I'm going to send you to this school because you're going to develop more. Or would that be something more so of like, you would let it be up to him if he like wanted to. Yeah. Um. So my son, if I have a son, in the future. Um, I would definitely have them go play down South somewhere. Um, if I could rewind everything, I think I'd go to Tampa and play division two and they're the best division two baseball team in the country. Um, but just the facilities they have down there just to get you developed faster is like not even comparable up to here. Like Tampa, they, they have like a beautiful stadium. Um, the cages, like the place is right just outside the city of Tampa. Um, whereas when I was at Buffalo, our field was like a glorified high school field. <laughs> Yo, if, it's right by the that, ice rink. Yeah, they actually knocked it down. But I mean, bro, this, this field was this this was bad, dude. I remember teams showing up and they're just like, man, we got to play here. And I'm like, bro, I wish we were playing at your place. Um, but um, – yeah, and, and then in the winter, dude, we would – we had to drive to um, the NARC, which was an indoor old Buffalo Destroyers football facility to practice. And it had the AstroTurf and stuff. Like, it was good, and it was arena football size. But, I mean, it, it just isn't the South, dude. Like, we're throwing – I remember throwing long toss into – like through the uprights of an indoor arena football field goal post. And there was netting on the wall, but I mean, I'm, I'm throwing further than the field. Cause what is an arena football field? Like how many yards is that? Like 50? If that, uh, I don't it's know. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it just, it isn't the same. And that's where I feel like even in most drafts, it feels like, like in any, sport it feels like uh like the mlb nfl they draft a lot of guys from the south um strictly because i think they have the resources the facilities they have the money down there um 
they're they're able to get the boosters like whatever whatever they need they they get and then up north it's it's a little harder man it's but but again it it it, it brings like on the competitive side like a little edge to us northern guys because we gotta we got something to prove when we play those guys down there no, that's for sure. I mean, it's probably like, I mean, you see a lot of hockey players up here that dominate. There's not really a lot of hockey players from down south that come up and play in the NHL. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's that's actually the, the reverse. So that would be like, like, dude, all the hockey players come up north, like, because there's rinks everywhere. You go down, you go down south, like, there's not many rinks down there, whereas mm, it's the no. opposite with baseball. Yeah. The other thing is, too, we, when I, uh, when I transferred to Mercier, so we played Tampa um, the first year I transferred in. I was just yeah. telling my buddy that's down, actually down living in Tampa right now that um, we were walking around their facilities and I was like, yo, this, this place is fucking like a, like a legitimate D1. <laughs> like they got legit D1 facilities down there. Like they have, I mean, they just, for lacrosse, they ended up, they just won the national championship last season, which like, I mean, you know, you've been down there. Like that's not, that's not a division two school. It might be a division no. two school, but like you would think it was like a big time program for what they have Bro. and what the kids like have access to, too. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I lived there for two years, dude. And I mean, when you got, when you got big leaguers, like MLB players going to Tampa to practice on their field, like that's just enough said, like you, you would never get a big leaguer, like come up, come up here and be like, Hey man, I'm going to come practice on Buffalo's baseball field. They'd be like, Bro, I'm not. I'm not stepping on that field. I'm not trying to get hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna go to Lawson Parker, uh, Southline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. Like this, like Tampa, it, dude. That, like I said, if I could go back, Tampa would definitely be my number one school. But at the same time, I'm I'm glad with how everything has worked so far. Are you um when you uh when you're done playing baseball, are you gonna become a Florida boy? That's the vibe I'm getting from you. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I will say, dude, I love Buffalo. I, I would I would love to have, like, a little a little spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, like, from just living in the South, like, I lived in Savannah, Tampa, uh, West Palm Beach, bro. Like, uh, even even when I lived out in California, like, Sonoma, like, wine country, dude, It's it's something about, like, like being in the sun every day just puts you in a good mood, man. I, I feel like I love Buffalo, but these gray skies, man, there, there is a thing called seasonal depression, bro. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's real, dude. It's real. <laughs> I get it all the time. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm a bitch. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. It's just like when you see gray for so long, you're like, what the fuck is there to be excited about? But then again, I'm – I'm as pale as it gets, so me and the sun don't get along, so I should probably stay up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But then, then you're looking at the clock and you're like, man, it's like, it's only four o'clock and like, it's dark out, bro. Like that sun's gone. <laughs> oh, That's dude, tough. I was just, I was just saying to a buddy, I got to get back into snowboarding because I don't do shit in the winter and like, I need to have a hobby because I'll go crazy. Yeah, bro. That, if I, if I knew how to snowboard, I think I'm athletic enough to do it, but bro, I would, I would definitely snowboard ski. Like I'd be doing that every day if I, if I was up here. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, cause I know like we got a little far from it, but did you, you, did you play right away when you were at UB or did you like have to like wait, you know, a year or two before you actually got some time? Uh, so my freshman year, I was like that, uh, fourth outfielder, fifth infielder. So like I was, I was playing that like backup quarterback role. Uh, whenever someone went down, I was in, 
Um, and then my sophomore year, I got everyday playing time. And mm-hmm. that was the year that I, I hit like 260. I had a, like 40 something strikeouts, uh, like only like seven walks. And that my sophomore year really um, was like my first year that really taught me how to play at the, the division one level. Cause then in my junior year, I hit 285, but I had a really good summer in uh, the perfect game league, which is a collegiate league. They, they throw us college baseball players in these summer leagues to play over the yeah. summer, like after college. But um, I did well there. And then, like I said, my junior year at 285 and then uh, it led into my senior year where my senior going into my senior summer, I was a perfect game All-American um, and then into my senior year, I hit 348 and I was a uh, runner up player of the year in the Mac and I got the all third base honors in the Mac, uh, all third baseman. So that was, that was cool. It just, it, it was, it was a good, um, I was in a good situation at Buffalo. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, um, what are your thoughts on, you know, necessarily like, waiting waiting your turn embracing the process like of the grind to become a better player in the years to come because I feel like nowadays a lot of kids if they don't play right away they like will want to transfer or they're just like you know what maybe it's not for me without realizing that like there's like a specific reason as to like why you know like you have to learn the game like it's not like you're not good it's just more so of like you need to learn how to play at this level and be like effective at this level yeah no um my buddy Ben Hafner was a prime example, dude. He he was from Lancaster and uh good baseball player, but going from high school to division one, he just wasn't was not developed um physically. So they redshirted him his first year. And I could tell like he wasn't happy and like obviously like that nobody wants to hear that when you don't know exactly what a red shirt is as a freshman. Like mm-hmm. you really don't. And Dude, by the end of it, man, he he ended up being first team all Mac. And then he after our program ended at 17, he went and played for Sam Houston State, which was a top 25 uh, baseball program. And and dude, he killed it like so you shouldn't you shouldn't be discouraged if you go into your freshman year and you redshirt like um, there, there there's a way that you can you can either like be discouraged or you can like wake the sleeping giant up man inside yourself and and really motivate yourself and learn and take that first year as a learning experience. No, for sure. What would you say um, before we start to like transition here? Like, what would you say are um, the biggest like things to like, for like your own like self-talk to like, obviously everyone's different, but like in terms of being like, okay, I'm the last man on the roster right now. I gotta like, like, how do you, like, what would be your advice per se? Say if you're coaching a team, right? And a kid's like the last man on the roster and they like, they can't figure out how to like, you know, get to a place where they're like, they get, end up beating someone out or they end up getting better or something like that. Like, what would be like, if you're coaching, like, are what words of advice are you giving to a kid to be like, Hey, you should do X, Y, Z, or like, what are your thoughts like for helping them become a better player? if they're at the bottom of the totem pole to eventually become that guy. 
Yeah, I would, I would, first I would tell that player to like, talk to your teammates, talk to the older guys and see what they have to say. And, and when they, when they get out to practice like a half hour early taking ground balls or, I mean, in other sports, like uh, quarterbacks throwing routes before practice, like that's where you should be out there at that time. Uh, not showing up when practice is at three and you're showing up to practice at 258, like 259, like get there early, um, pick their brain. And if you're still unsure, like go to your coach's office, like, like having a relationship with your coach is huge. And that's one big um, step that a high school student has to take to the college level, because mommy and daddy aren't there for, you No, no mommy and daddy are going to call the coach. Like you, that's where you got to go in and, and, uh, man up and and learn how to approach um somebody that's older than you or like somebody that has more experience i mean that that's my my advice for somebody that's on on the the edge of uh making a team or you know being the last guy on the roster no, of course. Did you have um, did you have any coaches that had like a massive, massive or like a specific coach that had like a massive impact on your game? And now because of how they were with you, um, not the X's and O's in the game itself, but just like the mentality of facing adversity that you still like has had a big impact on you. And you kind of think of like the ways that they were able to, you know, be, make you better that you still like use to this day with playing um, in the league that you're playing and that you just like try to keep with you at all times. Yeah. Uh, my biggest influencer is Rick Lancelotti. Um, he played professional baseball. I think, I think he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, but he's a hitting instructor over at Sports Performance Park in the Eastern Hills Mall, um, also called SPP. But he, he's been, God, like the – biggest support besides my family he's he's helped me through the best times the worst times um and he's he's always giving me good advice like especially for baseball man um I remember going to see him one time and um I was I was talking to him and I was like, man, like I, I struggled this year. This was at professional level. Like last year, I, I didn't, I didn't hit that well, and I didn't play much last year. And I went and saw him this past year, and and he's like, look, man, like you've always, you've always proved people wrong. Like you, you're your freshman, you didn't even get a scholarship your freshman year, and and then you got your junior and senior year paid for. Um, he's like, you've you've done a lot of things that not many people can that not many people have done and um literally like he's he's just been the best influencer for me and uh motivated me and and always when I had that self-doubt he uh he got it out of my head do you uh something I think about a lot obviously athletes that played at a high level have a big ego do you um do you think that naturally that like oh I've done things most people haven't done. So like anytime your confidence gets knocked, do you remind yourself of that? Or like, what's your like mental state around that? Only reason yeah, I ask, um, the reason I ask not to cut you off is because I have a lot of friends that think that, 
but they're assholes because they think that you're obviously a super nice kid. So that's why I ask. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I like to stay humble and, um, I guess like my route and my story is different than like others. And, and I guess it, it comes with experience too, man. Like the, like I started in the Pecos league of independent professional baseball. Like I didn't, I, uh, my senior year in college, I was, I was getting all these letters like that I was supposed to get drafted, this, that I go to a Cincinnati Reds workout and I did really well. And, and the cross checkers and the main scouts like, Hey man, like be ready. We're going to take you in the late twenties, early thirties, your senior, like we want you, we see good things in you and draft day comes around and it wasn't just the Reds. There were 16 other teams that, that liked me and crickets, man. First day goes by. I'm like, nothing second day nothing third day I'm like come on man like I'm better than some of these guys in these these 30 rounds and nothing dude and um I went to some like tryout in Boonville New York where I actually played a year of uh college baseball and I had uh this coach TJ Zerowitz um he he was there and he signed me to play in the Pecos league. And that is the bottom of the bottom leagues when it comes to professional <laughs> baseball. Like I'm talking like the commissioner, Andrew Dunn, awesome guy. And he's given, he gives guys opportunities, but I'm talking like, dude, we had to drive to our own games. Like we're driving from Santa Fe, New Mexico to uh, Tucson, Arizona, then to um, Trinidad, Colorado, bro. Like I'm talking, I've never even been out to those areas and, I'm like, where am I, man? And um, like, it it just goes like, even starting in the Pecos League, like me not getting a scholarship, like I've always had to like prove to others that I can play. And um, each level I keep playing in baseball, I keep going up, going up, going up. And uh, I wasn't one of those guys that was handed stuff. And I get a lot of respect from uh players i've played with and um they're like I, I they always tell me like man you you really grinded man like and you're here and i'm like damn right man and and that's why i don't act like an asshole um i'm not that type of person i like i i've always had to work my tail off work my ass off bro to get to where i'm at man and and i think that's the biggest motivation is i've, I've never had anything handed to me yeah, no, it's honestly, it's good to be that way. Because I feel like it teaches you, too, that it's, like, more so of, like, um, on the flip side of it, it, like, makes you realize that, like, you really have the ability to learn and, like, you have the ability to, like, be unbiased with yourself about how good or not good you are. But more so from the aspect of just, like, okay, if this is the guy, like, right? Like, so say if there's a guy in front of you, right? Rather than being, like, that's bullshit that the dude's in front of me, like, being like, okay, what is he doing that makes him better than me if we're playing the exact same position or something like that? And then you're able to be like, okay, this is what he's producing and what he's doing. I don't need to copycat him, but it's more so of like I need to produce on this level or it's just it's just the way it is. Like that's the reality of the situation. And you're able to be like objective about it rather than, you know, kind of feel like having people in your ear that are like, oh, no, you're good. You're good. Like, da, da, da. like I heard, um, again – video or like a podcast or something like that but um kobe bryant which 
rest in peace, legend. Um, yeah. He was he was saying how like the most toxic thing you can do is having like people that love you. Uh, and I'm not okay. Don't don't quote me word for word on this, but it was something along those lines. But he was basically saying like having people that are like basically like oh you should be playing you should be doing this you should be doing that like kind of like feeling bad for you in a way and he was always like no get away from me like if i'm not playing i'm not doing my job yeah yeah um and and dude this this is this is like one of the this is how i carry myself man when i worked at that liquor store uh shout out global wine and spirits over by dent tower um they have great pricing for uh wine and spirits <laughs> anything you want but um this podcast is yeah. sponsored by them <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lo- love those guys over there but i remember i was stocking one day and you know, i was like i was just like man like these shelves like these these guys working here they're just like kind of half ass putting bottles up man and i'm just like looking i'm like it looks like shit and i told myself i'm like bro if i got to be the best stock boy in in uh in this liquor store i'm gonna be the best man i'm gonna put those bottles in they're gonna be perfect um i'm gonna give the best customer service to anybody even if this person is a pain in the ass man like i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best and again that that like that carries over to other people that that work too man like hold yourself accountable and, and be the best at what you do like there's nothing worse than working with somebody that's lazy and and like just doesn't doesn't carry themselves um like correctly man I, like that, that stuff drives me nuts man that's oh it drives like, me it the i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name it i didn't even name it in the first place but the first yeah. one i went to a lot of kids a lot of kids were like because their families were well off they thought that just because they were well like not them themselves but their families were well off that like they were better than you and nothing drives me crazy nothing gets me more like fired up than like people thinking because they have a material possession or they have a financial means that like you're below them yeah yeah and and um like like the thing on the field is like if a guy thinks he's better than me then like dude show me you're better than than me man like let me see it like i'm gonna show you that i'm better than you bro and i'll 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 uh i'll i'll get in those trenches and i'll I'll go to war man we'll see we'll see if you'll go to war like it's uh that that's that's just my mentality man like i i lay it all on on the on the field like at work like um just stuff like that what's the so what's what's next right so obviously you know you can't play baseball forever so um when when do you and this isn't me giving you the hey you should hang it up talk like fucking most people do i could give two fucks yeah, what you yeah. do in terms of how long you play and stuff <laughs> like that but once that time comes where you officially are like you know what like i'm i'm done chasing it i'm done being about it like what's next like what are you doing job wise what are you doing for work like shit like that yeah i mean bro i feel good right now like i'm 27 bro and like baseball wise i feel like this is the best I've been like, I feel like in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a player, dude, like, I, like I'm not the college player. Like I, I, I developed over these past five years of playing professional baseball, man. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep riding baseball out. I, I guess like when I, I guess the time will come when I can look myself in the mirror and be like, okay. Um, I, th- I think I laid it all on the, on the, on the floor 
um, laid it all on the field. Um, or, or maybe the time will come when, man, like, I don't know if I got it anymore. So I, I'm not sure when, when I meant, yeah, I, I, no, no, I, I meant, yeah. so like, uh, like, at, like aside from baseball, like what other, I should have asked it a different way. I meant like aside no, no, from good. baseball, like what are, what other, uh, what other ambitions do you have? Cause like, obviously like what you see, like you see a lot of athletes, right? Like as soon as they're done playing, they immediately jump into business, like for most, for most of them. So like for you, like what is the ambition in like, you know, the second chapter of professional life looking like for you? If the, if you had, if you've had any thoughts of that at all whatsoever. No, I, I added that first part in just, just cause, uh, cause I was going to, I'm going to lead into this. Um, but, um, I guess, I guess like, uh, going to UB, I, I did political science, um, and branched off with legal studies and I like the law. I like, um, I like a lot of, a lot of stuff that involves law. And, and I think, man, like, like being an athlete, I like to be involved. I like to, uh, not necessarily sit in an office all day and drive myself insane. So I, I think like, bro, I'd, I'd like to be like a secret service agent or something along the lines with that. A secret service agent? Yeah, bro. I think, I think that would be cool, man. Cause, um, it would keep me, it'd keep me sane. Um, because I know like a lot of people, like a lot of athletes, they lose their identity when they're done playing sports and like baseball is my identity right now. And I feel like the secret service would be something cool, man. I, I, I've always, uh, I don't know, man. I've always, always wanted to be like a secret service agent if I wasn't a baseball player. No, I fuck with that. I respect that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of wild. <laughs> would you be able to be unbiased? I feel like nowadays with the political climate, some, uh, a lot of people are so fucking like about their team, their political team that they necessarily wouldn't be able to like, if they were a secret service person, like, like say like say you voted president you vote you voted for president y and president x gets in but then you got to serve president x even though you're like i think that guy's a fucking idiot would you be able to be unbiased and be like this is my job <laughs> or like how <laughs> yeah. would you do it i feel like this nowadays is... <laughs> people don't know how to do that they're like oh i lost so like it's like no you didn't fucking lose you didn't even run yeah bro no no man like that that's funny as hell bro um because that's just how our society is right now but, um, like all, all politics aside, man, like I'm going to show up to work and do my job, uh, and keep my views to myself. And even if the guy I don't like is in office, man, uh, I, I'd still do my job. I'll still have his back. And, um, I mean, that, that's, that's just part of life, man. You're going to have bosses and people you don't like, and sometimes you got to bite your tongue and, and do your job and just roll like that yep say fuck off <laughs> no exactly bro <laughs> <laughs> um so wrapping it up here you know we've been talking for over an hour and whatnot um, yeah i yeah. want to keep you i want to keep you too much what um looking back on your you know education um academic or not academics education and academics are the same i'm an idiot um 
your education, your college experience, your high school experience, pretty much everything that you have um, done up until this point in your life, not just school, not just athletics, but just life in general. What are some things, if there are any at all, that you who have educated yourself on since leaving school that you think should be mandatory to be taught in school, if there's anything? Um, I know that's I a loaded def- question. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think um, people should be taught, like, not trying to bring this around politics, but I think people should be taught, like, like um, things about the Constitution. Um, like, I feel like we need to be taught more daily life stuff and, like, no stuff that's in our life rather than learning about uh gosh I'm, I'm trying to think of like something I learned in high school or college that I just like have yet to use you know what I mean mm-hmm. um I feel I feel like people should be should learn things that they're going to use in life and not like oh, this is a tough one man I'm kind of like Losing my train of thought. All right. What's something, Uh, what's like, what's something, how about this? And like, what's something practical that is used in life that like, you're like, oh, it would have been nice if someone taught me about that. Yeah. Um, anything. Yeah. Give me a second here. Uh, ah, damn. Something. Man, I'm I'm stuck right now. Do you have anything? Oh, I have a entire laundry list of things, but I mean, it also like there's like there's layers to it, so it's not like because I think like school as a as a whole, and like I bring up school in every episode because I'm fascinated to hear what people think. I feel like school as a whole, like they teach you. I think school the the only thing that I don't think school does well, but again, it is like the argument can be made that that's your parents' job and stuff like that. Is I don't think. I, I look at school as like a factory, right? And so, but like the majority of people work nine to fives, which is not bad at all. But I think yeah. like school, I think school in it of itself, there's too much standardization that goes on. I think that there is not enough of having, like there's not enough of, you know, really um, enhancing or bringing out someone's true talents per se, like some of the smartest people I know are some of the most creative people I know. And some of the most like there's, I have a couple of friends that dropped out of school and like they started their own businesses and stuff like that. And it's talking to them is like talking to an, is like looking is like doing Google voice on like an encyclopedia. Like they know everything yeah, and everything yeah. under the sun, but they were probably like a DNF student. And so my, what yeah. I'm trying to get at here is that I feel as though that school does too much of, tricking people into thinking that they're stupid when really they're not. And I know that that can go a million different ways, but like, that is like what my thought, I think that like school is very important. I think education is very important, but I think like the curriculum itself is kind of outdated. And I would, and I'm not saying this, like I can't be talked out of it, but I just think that for so many people, 
they don't know anything else aside from that line of thought or that line of curriculum, because, you know, we all had to do it. Our parents had to do it. Our grandparents had to do it, that it's like an accepted truth when really it's like there are a million other ways to go about how you educate someone, how you enhance someone's passion and creativity. I think school does a good job of nixing people's creativity. Yeah, yeah. Not. Yeah. I think I think finding like your identity, man, is huge because I mean, um, like, I mean, there could be electricians out there, like kids that could be stellar electricians that, I mean, you don't necessarily have to go to college to be an electrician, man. You can go um, and, and find a course or whatever you have to do for that. Same with like my dad owns a, a body shop, man, like working on cars. Um, I know I know there's places here where you don't have to go to college, like you, you don't even, you wouldn't go to college to learn how to work on a car. Like you'd go to, I think Bose, uh, Bose's or whatever, whatever that is. Um, you'd go there and learn it. I, I, I think, I think really knowing, like, it's hard when you're 18, you don't really know what you want to do. Um, I think definitely getting a degree somewhere is like where you want to start. But I think along the path of getting your degree, um, whether it's associates or bachelor's degree, man, like you, you got to kind of figure out like what you like. I think people need to find out what they like and enjoy versus what college would want them to do. I, I Like, like you said, like college is a business, dude. Like they make it seem like when you go to college, like everybody's going to work nine to five and that every other job is just not real. It's all like a dream. Like that's totally false, man. Like that's like, I, I feel like if you find your identity and, and you find like what you truly like and love, um, that, that could be something that could be very beneficial. No, hundred percent. Do you think, uh, before we finish up here, do you think yeah. that, um, how was I saying it? Um, you think that college kind of uh, well not college but do you think education as a whole do you think it puts blinders on people um and what i mean by that is i personally have some friends some of my, and i'm not saying this like in a negative way it's just like something i notice but i also notice it with myself too um i'm a really like reflective person and very introspective person um but one thing i notice is that like Again, back to the accepted truths, I think like we put such an emphasis on being smart and, and intelligent that the that like schools like put that on pedestals without identifying what is intelligent necessarily known as smart, aside from getting good grades, being in all the like honor societies and stuff like that, that sometimes people have the wrong information for themselves and on their paths, but they're so tied to the idea of I'm doing it the right way that they have, they, they're not able to identify their blind spot that will actually like help them in the future and make them happy as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, like a prime example is like taking these um, police exams, man. Like anybody can take like a, uh, like a paper test and do good on it. Um, like I wasn't a test taker, man. Like I, I got a, I got a lot of B's, C's. I had some like A's. I also took my, my D's and then my R's, uh, which I resigned a few classes. Um, but 
I wasn't the best test taker, man, but I could tell you what I could, I could talk to people. I could, um, retain information. Um, I think a, a piece of paper that has 60 questions on it shouldn't like identify you as, is how smart you are. I think, um, there's other ways to go about that. And I think that's what they should do in college, man, is because like me and you could like me and you could be very similar and very different at the same time. And like, I, I wouldn't say either of us are dumb, you know, mm-hmm. I had a, um, I actually had a professor. I'm not even going to say his name. Um, but if anyone's listening to this, I went to school. If they know exactly what I'm talking about. He would grade you. He would not. This this dude was a wizard. One of my all time favorite professors, and um, I'm actually trying to get him on the podcast. I don't know if he would though, um, but I got to reach out to him. I might write him a handwritten letter. Who knows? Um, but yeah. anyways, so he uh, he would grade you based on how well you can articulate what you're trying to say and critically think on it and have multiple multiple layers of evidence or something that supports what you're saying. He didn't allow you just to say something, just to say something. So, and this was actually back to what you were saying was a constitutional law class. And, and we would have like cases, we would have like court cases that were tried in the Supreme court and stuff like that. And it didn't matter what the outcome of that actual case was, as long as you, how well you were able to articulate and really research and put legitimate, like, and, um, like analysis and thought and critical thinking behind what you're writing about and you do it in like a very like multi-layered way. That's how he graded you. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Cause it's just like, yo, I could be writing an entire paper on a bunch of bullshit, but as long as it's like, like it has anchors to what my, I would say Avenue I'm going is he would grade me based on that because he thought that was more important to be able to like, enhance those skills and use those skills than to be like, Oh, I'm right. This is the answer. Exactly. We, uh, we definitely need, uh, more, more as like him and, um, definitely need him on the podcast. Um, um I'm going to actually reach out to him. I'm going to send him an email tonight. And if I don't hear from him by noon tomorrow, I'm going to send him another email. Um, yeah, this guy, yeah, blow, this... blow him up. <laughs> <laughs> Problem up. I gotta see, yeah. I don't even know if he's still teaching. I gotta see, um, uh middle i'm gonna cut this out anyways actually no i'm gonna leave it in fuck it i'm gonna see he cut he's the uh he's now at middle tennessee state um i'm gonna see right now oh he's still there he is still Uh, there let's go let's go so like i said it was a con law class it was a con law class and let's see his areas of expertise are alexander hamilton populism the impeachment process and then he also has done work, research, and shit like that at, like, Georgetown, Yale. Like, the guy was just, like, one of the most around people. And then, and then uh, this will be the last thing before I ask the last question. Have you ever been yeah, around yeah. people where you are, like, talking to them and you get what they're saying, but just, like, how they're saying it, you're, like – you are on a completely different wavelength than me, and I feel like a fucking idiot <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, bro. My my host dad, uh, down in Savannah, bro. This dude is like one of the smartest guys ever. But he's like he's a bro like us. But dude, the way he talks and like, like if he was in a room and he started talking, everybody would definitely like stop and just like want to hear him talk. Like that's how good of 
a talker he was and how smart he was. He was just on that level, man. And, like, I hope one day I can get on that level, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Read a lot of books, I guess. <laughs> I know, dude, yeah. We'll start getting my own library at home here. <laughs> That's kind of, uh, kind of a flex. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so this is, this is the last question I have for you. So I ask everyone this. I'm always fascinated by what they're going to say. Um, definitely give me an, an honest, legitimate uh, answer, not some – you know, BS you think would be most people, you would think people would want to hear. Right. So good. Not that I think you would, but go back in time. Actually, no, I hate that. I always say that. I don't mean to say go back in time. So say today, 18 year old Chris, what things would you tell him and why? What things I would tell him. And it's, it could be about anything. It could be, it could be like about anything, something to carry with you moving forward in life. Like it could be anything. It doesn't have to be school, sports related. It's just, you get to have a conversation with your 18 year old self. What are, what are you telling 18 year old Chris? Man, 18 year old Chris. Um, I think I'd tell myself to enjoy the present moment you're in. Um, whether you're hanging with your friends, spending time with your family, um, playing like for me playing a sport, um, I wish I would have went back and enjoyed the spare of the moment more. Um, like I said, whether with family relatives, uh, vacations, like anything like that. Cause I felt like when I was younger, I kind of would just go, 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 go. And now that I got older, um, there's, there's days, man, where I, I'm like, gosh, it's, it's great to be alive. Or like I, when I, when I got on team Spain, man, it was just like, I, I took a step back and I was just like, wow, man, I'm, I'm like playing for a country. Like I'm representing like my grandma's country and like my mom has dual citizenship, like their country. And when I was playing down there, man, I, I really just enjoyed my time there and enjoyed my teammates, um, just everything. I, I, I wasn't caught up in um, like, go, 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 go. Like it, it was, I think, I think that's just one thing I would tell myself is just enjoy uh, the moment where you're at because there's a reason why you're there, if that makes sense. All right. And then the last thing I always ask everyone, I'm super fascinated by what they say. So if you today could meet and have a conversation with the 18 year old Chris, what things, and it can be about anything, what things would you tell him and why? All right. So what I would tell 18 year old Chris, um, I would definitely tell him to enjoy the moment um, especially when I was playing sports with my family, um, in school, whatever I was doing to enjoy that moment and not look ahead or, or be on that go, 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 go lifestyle, which I, that's what I felt like. I felt when I was younger, it was just, all right, school. Now I got baseball practice, then hockey later, then homework. Then I got to go sleep. And now that I'm older it's more of, man, um, like when I got to play for Spain, I, I really 
got to enjoy playing for a country that uh, my grandma's from and my mom is from as well. And I get to play for that country and, and represent. And then the whole time I was in Germany, man, I, I, it was, it felt like time was moving, moving slower and not so New York city fast. It was, it was very enjoyable, man. And you get to enjoy like little things being around your family and um, just anything in life. I think that's just a big thing that people get away from is enjoying the little things in life because uh, we're not going to all be here one day and uh, we may fade, but memories always last forever, man. Absolutely. That's why you got to fucking, <laughs> you got to yeah. just, you just got to do shit. Um, do you, we didn't even touch on, we didn't even touch on Spain. So like we'll end that we'll end actually the podcast with this. Have you okay. been to Spain before? Uh, I haven't been to Spain yet. Oh, dude, you got to go. I went when I was in high school. Barcelona is the most breathtaking place I've ever been. Bro, I got to go. Like, my grandma's from Malaga, which is on the coast of, like, facing Morocco. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to hit up all, like, the major uh, cities in Spain for sure. Yeah. Um, We went to, and I'm not even probably pronouncing them right, but, like, we flew into Madrid. We're in Madrid, and then I don't remember if it was exactly in this order, but we did Madrid. I know we definitely did not go from Madrid to Barcelona. I know that for a fact, but we did Madrid, Barcelona, Cordoba, Sevilla, um, Valencia, Valencia, excuse me. Um, and then we drove through, like, the countryside, and then I didn't do it, but some kids went to Toledo. Uh, it's just, like, Europe's, Europe's – I mean, you know, you've been to Germany. Like, Europe's dope yeah. because it's, like – it's old as fuck. And then on top of it, it's like, there's so much, like there's so much history to like, what is going on? Yeah, bro. It was like, yeah. If, if you have, if anybody hasn't been to Europe, bro, like they got to hop on a jet and get across, get across the Atlantic, dude. Cause that place, like I was only in Germany and that place was awesome. I, I, I couldn't imagine going like to all these other countries. I know. So but, yo, my man, I greatly appreciate you doing this. I didn't even expect to have you on at all because, I, like I said, I haven't seen you since we were fucking kids. And then it was good to catch up and uh, see you last weekend. So um, I'm sure we'll bump into each other again. But, uh, yeah, greatly appreciate you doing this. And uh, we'll definitely – once we get, to, like, the camera set up and all that, we'll we'll get it, like, Joe Rogan style. We'll, start, we'll rip it that way. Have a couple beers, yeah. you know, a little – Keep it light. <laughs> yeah, a little cigar action. That, that'd be oh, nice, I'm, bro. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That's in the plans. Have like a nice studio with like the like the little humidor vents where you could just you could smoke in there. Have a glass of glass on the rocks and then just yeah. hey, press play. Yeah. <laughs> press got, play. Got see whatever yeah. happens. Gotta gotta have a good uh, wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta have a good setup. So yeah, but, hell yeah. Yeah, that's in that's in the works now. It's a few it's a few years away, but uh, yeah, it, it'll happen. So, yeah, but remember. yeah, but I uh, but I appreciate it. So, yeah, hell yeah, bro, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. It was, dude. I, I had a fun time, bro. It was good, good, uh, good little chat, chopping it up a little bit here for what hour and a half. That was nice. Yeah, by the time I like edit it up and shit like that, it'll probably be a little bit lower. But I mean. It, it, it's good to just like you know catch up and shit like that yeah hell yeah man dude whenever bro i'm always down to come back on the podcast absolutely so well i appreciate it and uh i'll, I'll hit you up all right sounds good bro later all right, i'll catch you